All right, everybody. Good evening, Gordon Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. Election day here in the United States today, Wiz. Um, and that's it. Week nine is in the books. On to week ten. A lot of wacky stuff going on right now, Wiz, uh, in the NFL. Uh, I read something crazy today that the Baltimore Ravens have held a double-digit lead in every single game that they've played this year, which is a remarkable stat. And the other amazing stat that I read recently is in the last four weeks of uh, fantasy football, the number one quarterback in fantasy football is Mr. Justin Fields. Wiz, how are you? Yeah, doing well. I read that stat uh, as well uh, about uh, the Ravens. First time in over a decade, 2011. I think the Packers did the same thing, but that's pretty incredible. Nine weeks in a row, uh, right out of the box, to have double-digit leads. And uh, you would think that the record would actually be better, but they they lost uh, several of those games. So uh, that makes it difficult. Also, some other stats that this uh, the margin of victory is closer than any time. Um, Ever in NFL history, and uh, 72 games have been decided by seven points or less. Incredible, incredible stat, considering uh, you have about 14 games a week you know, with the bye weeks, and uh, that's five full weeks of games that have been decided by seven points or less. The margin of victory is uh, is has been narrow, and uh, when you look at the lines, you can understand that a lot. So, almost every one of these lines, with the exception of a few games, are pick'ems, a team is two-point favorite, three-point favorite. Days of, um, with the exception of a few teams, they're being you know overwhelming favorites, the double-digit favorites uh, have gone by. Oh yeah, no question. And look, look at your Vikings, right? The Vikings are seven and one, uh, off to a great start. But the Vikings, every single game, there's some kind of adventure. They're 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 in a they, they, they're in a hotly contested matchup. They're winning games. Uh, they're getting it done in the end of the day. Uh, they're one of the more interesting teams. Again, 7-1, and one, great start for them. Obviously, the Eagles are undefeated. Um, yeah, this, is, this, has been a, this has been quite the, quite the year for football. Uh, an interesting year. Uh, obviously, weather now starts to become more of a factor. Teams are jostling uh, for places right now. We've had two shocking surprises this year. When you look at the Seahawks and the Jets, who through nine weeks of football have already surpassed uh, what their expected win totals were supposed to be this year. But yeah, just a, just a lot of wild stuff is going on in the NFL was. Yeah, it certainly is, and uh, you know, uh, just uh, just there's nothing you can do with these injuries and bye weeks and crazy things that have happened. Hopefully, uh, you know, you're staying uh, above water uh, in your league, and uh, you're able to weather the storm. But uh, look, these weeks are moving on, and uh, you have to move along with them. So, uh, with that being said, we're we're looking ahead to week ten right now. Yeah, and you know it's interesting you say. I think we talked about this maybe about four or five weeks ago. Um, I was definitely muddling along in almost every single one of my leagues. Uh, I've managed to resurrect nearly every one of those. I've been patient with certain things. I've had certain circumstances work my way in all but one of the leagues I'm in. Uh, I'm I'm above five hundred now and have some decent momentum. I have one team that's just going nowhere fast. Obviously, the league that we're in. Um, just can't get out of my own way in that one, but uh, yeah, it's been. It's definitely been. I felt coming into this year it was going to be adventurous uh, and and challenging, and it's definitely been the case. So um, there's lots to go here. There's lot. You know, you have to start looking at the playoffs if you're if you're one of these teams in contention. 
Start setting up some of your defensive matchups if you if you think you're going to make the playoffs. Obviously, looking at like I mentioned again, the weather's going to start changing. You know what kind of kickers uh, potentially you're going to be dealing with in terms of kicking conditions. But uh, nonetheless, we're here to help out. And uh, waiver wires uh, is, is where we're going to start. So I'm going to let you kick it off at quarterback this week. Yeah, I think there could be some guys out there uh, who maybe have been dropped for you know several different reasons, but. You know, Russell Wilson, if you think that, you know, he'll be play better in the second half, could be out there. Daniel Jones may have some interesting matchups. He is probably out there as well. Um, if Garoppolo, with that, you know, offense, they have a lot of good players on the offense, and maybe uh, he was dropped on a bye week. Those are, those are some quarterbacks you have to look at. And then two quarterbacks that haven't played or down that this year that I think people have to start really considering are Deshaun Watson, who will be making his first appearance, I think, in week 13. So if you're in a situation where you feel like you have a decent chance of making the fantasy football playoffs and you have a roster spot available, um, he's certainly one that you could recommend. And I think right now all eyes are going to be on Case Keenum. Um, if there's some bad news regarding Josh Allen just because of the weapons that uh, the quarterback position would have around him in Buffalo. So um, some of the usual suspects or bye weeks, uh, and some maybe have been dropped because they haven't played well, and then uh, Deshaun Watson and Case Keenum um, with potential uh, starts for the last couple of weeks of the year. Yeah, I think uh, you know. You, I, I think I had asked you. Uh, I, I've been away from the news for the last hour and a half. I, I had asked you if you heard anything further on Josh Allen. We haven't heard anything yet. Uh, you usually think of the UCL, your ulnar collateral ligament, when it comes to uh, major league pitchers. Um, so your, your point's well taken, and and given the weapons around him, and Case Keenum uh, has played enough games in the NFL that uh, in this offense, I think he, uh, you, he'd have to give a look. Uh, I have done. Uh, I have taken your advice on um, in, in a couple of leagues already. I, I've been rostering them for a few weeks, and that's Deshaun Watson. Uh, waiting to see what happens. Uh, and, and again, you know, there's a lot of jostling around this time of the year with the bye weeks and all. And uh, I, I think there are a number of teams or, or people that may have dropped a guy like Garoppolo or Daniel Jones. And if you're in need of a quarterback, if you got guys either hurt or or on bye, that uh, makes perfect sense. Was uh, you know, t- tough for me. You know, at this point in time, <clears throat> I mentioned Fields. Fields shouldn't be available on any wave of wire, obviously given his performances, but he, he may be lingering around. But I, I doubt that's going to be the case after what he did this past week. Oh, yeah, he should he should be rostered because there have been several bye weeks where four teams have been off, six teams have been off. So I think he... Um, you know, should should be rostered, but he's someone that you know we're obviously not going to mention because uh, he's probably rostered in most leagues, and uh, I'm sure um, if he's available, you don't need us to tell him tell you to pick him up. These are all the guys that uh, I think are, are a little bit under the radar. We could say. Yeah, I agreed, and 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 again, this week four teams off: Jets and Patriots. Uh, you're probably not starting those starting quarterbacks, but obviously Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow for the Baltimore Ravens and Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, those are starting quarterbacks in almost every single league. So people people will be looking for options if needed. All right, so um, on to running back, Wiz. Um, I'd say the main guy that I'd have my eye on this week, just based on everything that we're watching, comments, all, all the sort of stuff, I, I don't think Jalen Warren should be available on any wave of wire at this point in time. Um, <clears throat> Najee Harris has looked completely ineffective. I, I don't want to use Trent Richardson comparisons because I don't think that's a fair one. 
Um, but, you know, everything that we're seeing this year so far for, for Najee Harris has been terrible. I, I know the Pittsburgh offensive line is not a good offensive line, uh, but Jalen Warren is, de- is getting more activity in terms of on the playing field. We saw that the week before they took the bye. Uh, again, uh, Mike Tomlin making some comments on that today. Um, I don't think a player that should be available. If you're a Christian McCaffrey owner, I think you have to have an eye uh, on Elijah Mitchell, who's going to be who's been selected to come off of the injured list. Uh, whether he gets activated before this week's game remains to be seen. Uh, I'm watching Aaron Jones's situation closely, uh, given the fact that he went down. Uh, they haven't really updated yet, getting ready for practice. But Kylan Hill is a player that would uh, would definitely get some action. It wouldn't be completely uh, AJ Dillon. Uh, the Green Bay Packers are going nowhere in a hurry. Um, hopefully, Aaron Rodgers is uh, looking in the mirror this week instead of uh, pointing fingers uh, as, as he's done in previous week because he was miserable. But nonetheless, the Packers have to get that running game going at some point in time. I think Gus Edwards, I don't know what's going to happen with, uh, especially after witnessing last night what Kenyon Drake did, They're going into a bye week. It's going to be a muddled backfield when all of these guys are back. That is Dobbins, Edwards, and Kenyon Drake. But Drake had a great game last night. Gus Edwards may be on some waiver wires, and if he comes back, because he's going to be back before Dobbins, uh, that's a player that I'd give a look at, uh, Wiz. Uh, we've mentioned Kieran Williams, uh, Kylan Williams as, as well on um, on the Rams. Uh, the Ram offense is, is terrible. Uh, they've been terrible. The offensive line is awful. Uh, they're going to make some changes at some point in time. That's potentially a player uh, that that's worth taking a look at, Wiz. Those are some of the options that I'm looking at at the running back spot. The cupboard is pretty bad at running back in this week in free agency. I mean, that's how I look at it. I mean, this is just the type of week where, <clears throat> you know, it's it just maybe to shore up some handcuffs. Um, you, you know, you you wanna you wanna grab Elijah Mitchell if you have McCaffrey. You know, you wanna kind of roster Gainwell if you have Sanders. Uh, if you have uh, Eckler, you probably want to take a look at Isaiah Spiller, who, you know, was their early round pick this past year. is probably going <clears> to <throat> get a chance to play her most of the year. Um, I'm going to just go back to what I said last week. The one guy is when you just watch the Rams, it's just they need a shot in the arm at running back. And, um, Kieran Williams is the one guy at running back that I would take, um, you know, take a chance on. Um, Chuba Hubbard missed last week, and if you have Foreman, you know, there's no way Foreman's going to be unseated where it's going to be all Chuba Hubbard. But, you know, just from a handcuff perspective, those guys, Rashad White as well, the Denver situation gets even crazier with uh, with Edmonds there now. So a lot of situations to avoid, maybe shore up some handcuffs. I understand your point about Jalen Warren, but it's not like they're going to just bench uh, Najee Harris. We may, you know, start saying more of a, I don't know, 60-40 split. You may even get the 50-50, but all that is going to do is make either player and both players um, really not uh, startable in, on, in your fantasy football leagues. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I would agree with that totally. All right, so let's move on to wide receiver, Wiz. Uh, your thoughts there? Yeah, wide receiver is 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 more interesting to me, a lot more interesting. Uh, I think there are some players to look at. Just just one thing I've kind of like noticed in, with the Kansas City Chiefs situation is I think with the 
kind of like confidence that McCall Hardman and Patrick Mahomes, I'm certainly the confidence that maybe Mahomes is having in Hardman, along with the signing of uh, Kadarius Tony, I think is going to start slowly but surely being the demise of Valdez Scantling. Um, he was a non-factor in that game. Uh, Donovan Peoples Jones, you know, is 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 someone that I think <clears throat> is going to be ascending the last half of the year. He's played well, and he's going to have Deshaun Watson throwing him the ball uh, starting week 13. Terrace Marshall, the third receiver on that elite championship LSU team, uh, along with Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, seems to be really starting to get some momentum as well. So <clears throat> those guys and um, – DeAndre Carter looks like I don't I don't know what the story is going to be with Keenan Allen. You may see something next week where the Chargers do the same thing with Keenan Allen as the Saints did with Michael Thomas, kind of like say he's already he's done for the year. Or it just seems like Allen and Mike Williams are going to miss at least another two, three, four weeks. So you could get stuff out of DeAndre Carter in that offense. Jordan Palmer, I'm just going to assume is rostered, and then. Just two guys that haven't played it down yet this year. I think you have to keep your eye on Odell Beckham Jr. and Jameson Williams. Yeah, I agree with you. There's some Williams comments today um, from Lions coach uh, Dan Campbell. Uh, looks like Odell Beckham Jr. is uh, kind of down to four teams, I guess, uh, that he's looking at. Again, this is probably more of an impact uh, as we get into December than it is now. But uh, like you said, if you're eyeing eyeing the playoffs, it, it's uh, it's something worth paying attention to. Uh, I can't disagree with a- any of those names that uh, you've already mentioned. I, I, that that Charger situation just stinks. Um, I, I, I think um, I think if you're leaning on, on on Keenan Williams, and we we talked two or three weeks ago about Jordan Palmer and how that was going to evolve and certainly looked great, um, and and we've picked them up in a couple of leagues uh, that we are in that, that certainly looked good this past week. You know, Jordan Palmer is is going to be, I think, in a top ten to fifteen wide receiver the rest of the way. Um, he is just a guy that uh, that is just going to get a lot of targets, <clears throat> a lot of talent, a lot of potential, and uh, Justin Herbert has a lot of confidence in that player. So uh, certainly uh, Jordan Palmer, uh, I'm assume, is rostered. But uh, if not, then <clears throat> DeAndre Carter is not a bad pickup as well. But uh, also the guys that haven't played yet could be key guys down the stretch as well. Yeah, I agreed with you. All right, so uh, tight end, um, I'm still kind of surprised, especially what we've seen at the start of his career, that Greg, Greg Dulcich is avail- available in as many leagues as he's in. Uh, you and I talked last week about Isaiah Likely. Uh, again, they didn't throw the ball a lot this past week, the Ravens, uh, only 133 yards passing, but uh, he did score a touchdown, uh, dropped a couple of easy balls along the way, but nonetheless, he did get some production. But Dulcich should not be available uh, in that many leagues at this point in time, coming off the bye week. So that would be uh, priority number one at tight end for me. You correctly called uh, what was going to transpire with the Seattle tight ends last week. Uh, Noah Font and Will Disley contributed big game from Font. They really don't have a third receiving option behind uh, both Metcalf and, and Lockett. And Geno Smith is comfortable throwing the ball to both of these guys. Even Parkinson gets involved at times. The tight end is an integral part of this offense. Uh, you'll probably struggle on a week-to-week basis to see which guy, but uh, 
certainly uh, Noah Font, the more athletic of the two, uh, he definitely displayed some of that uh, against the Cardinals, who are uh, definitely hapless against tight ends. But you know, th- th- those are guys that I that, that I'd be looking at um, in the event uh, we've mentioned Kate Otten before, and I, I don't know if we're going to see Cameron Brait given the injuries that he's had back on the field anytime soon. Uh, so he's gained he he's gained uh, Brady's trust. He had the winning touchdown this past week, uh, in addition to seven targets and six catches. And if he's been dropped, one name worth mentioning. You mentioned Deshaun Watson potentially coming back. He's been on an injury, but David Njuku, if he's available, which I think I saw he was available in something like forty percent of leagues, uh, that that's a player that should not be on waiver wires at this point in time. Was yeah, if, you, if you're playing in a league where um, tight end is a separate category and Njoku has been dropped, he's uh, priority one. Uh, Dolchik figures to be you know, part of that Broncos offense going forward, Kate Otten as well. And then I'm going to just want to name that um, hasn't been mentioned yet, but that Bears offense looks a lot better. And Cole Komet uh, from the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame Uh you know, he's probably available in a lot of leagues, and uh, that Bears offense is kind of rolling. So <clears throat> I think you could do worse at tight end than Cole Komet uh, down the stretch. He's uh, always been a terrific red zone target, and uh, there's no reason to think that that won't continue. So players, all of the tight ends that you mentioned, and uh, I, I just think there, there's, a, there's a lot to choose from at the tight end position. Yeah, I got to say, Wiz, it, it is kind of amazing what we're witnessing in Chicago. So I, you and I kind of have been a, a huge basher of uh, Matt Nagy, who was the coach uh, um, last year uh, in Chicago and uh, really caused the, the uh, was a significant contributor to the demise of that franchise over the last few years. Uh, in comes Matt Eberflus out of uh, defensive coordinator with the Indianapolis Colts. He's now, uh, I want to get to the Colts in one second here. Um, he's, he's now uh, the head coach in, in Chicago, and I think the training wheels are on for the first couple of weeks, but this is an offense that's really transforming before our eyes. Uh, you, were looking and, you were licking your chops if you owned the defense uh, going against the Chicago Bears, and at the moment, uh, that's kind of the last team maybe that you want to put your defense again. Uh, it's made relevant, like you said, Komet. Uh, the receivers are starting to bounce back in, in Mooney, Mooney being productive. They've added Clay, Claypool, who will become uh, more integrated into, into, the, uh, into the scheme of the Bears, uh, especially as he gets grasped with a playbook after that trade. But it's an amazing in-season transformation that we've witnessed here from the start of the season, first four or five games for the Bears offense, uh, to what we're witnessing now. Mm-hmm. No question about it. I mean, I just think the mistake was made. You, you, you know, you move up to take the player in the draft, and then you try and mold him to an offense that you like to run instead of you yourself changing and molding what you can do to help the player and do what he does best. And this is just Justin Fields. What he does best is just being unleashed, and uh, it is. Um, you know, you you watch him play, and it really kind of looks like Lamar Jackson uh, in a lot of instances, and uh, he could throw the ball as well. And uh, that offense is rolling right now. And I think if they give Justin Herbert, I just don't understand what the Bears are doing at running back, where Montgomery week after week is averaging like three plus yards a carry, and you don't give Herbert a chance. I keep thinking that you know he's going to take over and 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 become the the lion's share, get the lion's share of the carries, especially when Montgomery being a free agent and they're probably uh, almost positively, I don't see them they're going to resign him, so why don't you see what you have with Herbert, so I'm a little surprised with that, but I do have a feeling 
that when he gets that job, you know, their offense is even going to be more explosive and make big plays in the running game as well. Yeah, no question. Uh, Khalil Herbert has looked like the better running back almost every single week uh, that, we, that we've had. And uh, this past week was kind of disappointing. Didn't touch the ball enough, but but I agree, especially the way this offense is rolling along. Uh, just getting to the Colts, Wiz, I mean, just – you know, it's funny, Matt Ryan, I think in three of his five starts, he passed for over 350 yards. Uh, you know, we, we, we've documented well, if you if you were a drafter of uh, Jonathan Taylor this year, you're, you're probably uh, having a really challenging fantasy season, and that's been the case. doesn't matter if it was an auction league or a snake league draft. Now we're witnessing Sam Ellinger, who is not an NFL quarterback in any capacity. Uh, the New England Patriots just absolutely throttle them. Uh, they fire Frank Reich, who was, I believe, undeserving of a firing, considering he had a 40-33 and 33 record with different starting quarterbacks in each of his years in, in Indianapolis, especially after Josh, Josh McDaniels abandoned them. And uh, it's unfortunate, but he'll land somewhere on his feet as an offensive coordinator, no doubt about it. He's a good football coach. Um, in comes Jeff Saturday, who last coached high school football uh, in Georgia. He's been on an ESPN set for the last couple of years, and all of a sudden he finds himself in the coaching seat. I don't know how you can trust a player like Pittman at this point in time, Jonathan Taylor for that matter, who knows what's going to happen there. But uh, this smells of tank at the moment for the Indianapolis Colts, but I don't know how to have any confidence in what's going on there at the moment. Maybe I'm completely dead wrong on my analysis, but... Uh, it's kind of frightening what we're witnessing uh, from Jim Irsay um, and, and his comments, and he seems to be directing uh, uh, everything that's going on with the Colts at this point in time. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of unpredictable. Um, the whole thing, just <clears throat> with, the, with the things he always says, with what he does, um, you know, you just don't know what he's going to do. He's going to come in there, and you got to remember, <clears throat> he's – had to, or he fired everybody. I mean, not only the coach, you know, they have a new play caller who's kind of inexperienced as well. So I'm not sure what he's going to do with quarterback. You would like to think that as an offensive lineman, he wants to get Jonathan Taylor healthy and they're going to go back to some ground and pound football. But, uh, and, but I'm not sure. I just think it's very, very unpredictable. And, uh, He's gotten a lot of criticism for this hiring and, and um, you know, not not hiring a player with experience. But, look, he's the owner, and it's going to be a short-term situation, You most likely. So <clears throat> he wants to hire somebody he's familiar with and has a relationship with. But, uh, boy, it has taken a drastic, drastic turn for the worse for the Colts this year. Yeah, yeah, really, really unfortunate, really unfortunate. All right, Wiz, well, that's all I have um, for this week. Uh, and Any final thoughts here as we head into week 10? Just one that I will have my prop play of the year for one of the games on Sunday. I just absolutely love one. Uh, it's not, the line is not out yet, but... Uh, it's definitely going to be my prop play of the year so far. I love it. Okay. I'm uh, I'm, I'm waiting with bated breath. Uh, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Uh, week 10 uh, on its way. Kind of scary how fast it's going. Uh, enjoy your evening, Wiz, and uh, we will talk later in the week. You got it.